Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And, uh, well, I'm here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Hello, Rocky. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. It's been a few weeks, so we've kind of taken a little hiatus from our podcast because we were pouring everything we had into our <laughs> national summit, and uh, which was a uh, weekend before last. And so... Uh, we just wanted to take time to kind of tell the guys a little bit about kind of our the view of the parade of what happened at Soto and uh, encourage them. And, and for the, a lot of guys who we wish were there couldn't be there, maybe give them a little, let them feel like they were there. In the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing some of the, the talks that were there, some great, great talks. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll share that with them. So, so anyway, Rocky, what, uh, first of all, just want you give some of your highlights or some of the things that your impressions of what, what God did at Soto. Well, Brian, it was so good that I had to take several days off after we came home because <laughs> I was depleted. Yeah. And I think uh, I think what happens is that you really do get filled up. I mean, it's just like a balloon that's being filled up. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that balloon gets filled up and then you leave it, then it leaks out. And sometimes it flows out, sometimes it leaks out. Rarely does it stay filled up. And that's one of the cautions I would have for anybody that – that goes to an event, and that is to recognize the event is a special mountaintop experience with the Lord, but then you got to go back into the valley of real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are not an event ministry. That's why we are driving, always driving guys to their intimacy with Christ is found in their daily quiet times, in their walk with Him, in their small groups. Uh, it's a shot in the arm to be able to come, come, come together like we did at Soto. It was an amazing experience. Uh, but the, the real deep, deep experience is what we have when we are with our king mm-hmm. in, the, in the private uh, places that we meet with him. Yeah, well, I mean, I, we used a uh, couple of Bible story examples of mountaintop experiences like Moses, you know, was, he had a lot of special times with the Lord, mm-hmm. but then God always sent him back to the people. Now, he had a glow, and, you know, there was a lot of interesting things about that. A lot of these guys had a glow yeah. when they came down. The other one was Peter, James, and John when they they were witnessed something amazing with Jesus and Moses and Elijah on the mountaintop. And Peter wanted to stay there. He wanted to camp out. And, yeah. and he said, no. You know, first of all, he said, be quiet. <laughs> Listen to my son. And then they had to go back, back you know. so. Well, I think we all have a tendency to want to get to that place and stay there. Yeah, but uh, you really can't fulfill the Great Commission and be isolated from the world, the real world. Yeah, and that's why Jesus said, uh, "In one breath to abide in me, because you won't bear fruit unless you do." And then the other breath, after he gave that, he says, "Now go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> in other words, don't just stay here, which a lot of people want to do. They want to make it about their their time with the Lord and just spending time with Him. And as long as I'm okay, the world's okay. Mm-hmm. But that's not really true. Hmm. Uh, we're okay so that we can help make the world okay. Mm-hmm. We show the world what our world, anyway, the world that's right around us, our family and our, our, our friends and our immediate acquaintances, our neighbors, the, our world, our sphere of influence, is that we are messengers of the gospel. And like one of the great uh, people once said, uh, you know, preach the gospel. 
and if you may have to use words. Right. That's right. Well, so uh, let's just talk a little bit about what happened at Soto for those who weren't there, because a lot of you know a lot of our constituents we couldn't couldn't make it, but uh, we had 270 guys there from all over the country, all the regions well represented, and, right. and a lot of the cool thing was like maybe 70 guys from new cities. Right. Uh, that was pretty exciting. Three different countries. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah. Colombia, Costa Rica, and Malaysia. Right. Pretty amazing. Um, yeah, and so it was similar to things we've done before, as far as a kind of a, a mixture of talks, uh, expedition teams, which were breakout groups, uh, quiet time with just the men and the Lord, uh, a baptism ceremony. You know, so. But but I think what was interesting is we wanted to take everybody vertical. Every, no matter what we did, everything was about going vertical. It wasn't. We weren't pitching anything. We weren't selling books. It was all just, mm-hmm. just living the DNA that we try to do every day, right? right. In the journey. Do, do you think that? Oh yeah. Well, you know that was the that the, the motif on that thing was mountain climbing. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. And and, right. and we even had our our leaders uh, that would normally be called shepherds, but we, we named them Sherpas. Sherpas. That's right. And then they had assistants, which were prayer medics, and each one of these had a, a role. And that is the uh, the Sherpa would be, you know, they're the they're the small group leader. What it comes down to, they'd facilitate the questions and they'd gather the groups, uh, and then the the prayer medic was the one that was the encourager. He was the one that undergirded them with prayer, mm-hmm. and and I thought that was a great organizational uh, way of, of of breaking the the large number of guys down to small groups so that they can have interaction. Yeah. The, uh, the subject matter that we had, of course, we have our worship. We're always taken to the, to the mountaintop with our worship team. And with Sam, who has been our worship leader for, since the get-go, Sam mm-hmm. Parsons, Sam had, is, is battling with stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. And to see him up there battling to try to breathe, but then to be able to sing songs that almost is summoning a magical breath that filled his lungs and to sing with such clarity and beauty. I mean, it had our, our men weeping and mm-hmm. it had them standing with rounds of applause yeah. for this, this man. And, and so the worship took us where it always does. It takes us to worship. Mm-hmm. But the orientation is that we were trying to help the guys see that if you're going to climb a mountain, then you got several things going against you in the beginning. The first thing, at best, you're dealing with gravity. Mm-hmm. So gravity is just like it's with us all the time, and no matter what load you're carrying, you got gravity to deal with just with your body that's stripped down. Mm-hmm. And, and from a spiritual standpoint, that would be a, a way to say that we're dealing with the gravity of a sinful world. Mm-hmm. A value system in this world is always contrary to us. We got the nature of the flesh that we all come from that is yoked to Jesus, but it's always still there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to surrender that flesh to Christ. And that's gravity in our life. We're going to face that in the best of circumstances. It's just, just the way it is. But then there are additional burdens that we try to carry that carry up that mountain. We have a backpack full of rocks that have a name of all kind of things that separate us from that intimacy with Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, with a man, you can name them. Well, I won't throw one out. Pornography, that would be one. What would be another one? Fear. Okay, what would be another? Pride. Pride, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
drunkenness, okay. uh, control yeah. uh, issues. Uh, you can you can name a lot of those things that that can be sins. Sure. That are hindrances to a holy God, and of course, there's a provision for that, and that is to confession and repentance, and to be clean from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are also other burdens that are not necessarily sin. Right. They're challenges. And what right, what rears this ugly head against that in a man's life is the fear that those challenges challenges will not be met. And this is where we have to grow in that intimate dependence on the Lord to help us with the challenges that we deal with, health issues, relationship issues, mm-hmm. uh, job issues, uh, time of life issues, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those aren't sins, they're just challenges. Yeah. And so, but they keep us from climbing that mountain many times because we hold on to them. Fear causes us to grip it. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is we unpacked it with the first session, which I did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of all the sessions that was not recorded, that was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nobody can hear it. Sorry about that. Well, no, I don't know. We I'm, had some I'm, technical issues. I'm not, I don't <laughs> think I was struggling with that too bad. But, but I will tell you what the synopsis of it was, and that is, okay, we, we, we had a backpack that we gave to the guys. And, uh, but, but I talked to them about entering into this time of retreat along with the Lord. And before they're able to go any further uh, up that mountain, then they've got to start unloading some things that are getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talked to them about the transfer of burdens to the Lord. And the only thing that keeps us from holding on, to keep from letting go of those things, is that we can trust the Lord, but we don't know how to entrust those burdens to Him. Mm-hmm. Learning how to entrust the burdens uh, to release them, to give them into the safekeeping of the Father. It was a, it was a, a time. We had a, a bridge crossing time that, mm-hmm. that represented either a, a, a dedication or a consecration or salvation or revelation. Mm-hmm. It depended on what the man was beginning with before he crossed that bridge and when he crossed that bridge what he was willing to do at that particular point. And some of those things, uh, a dedication of those of a life and also the burdens they carry, this is where they would download it. And this is where I challenge them to consider this as a time that you're going to entrust, you're going to entrust him. It's going to require trust. It's going to require, require deeper faith. But at the end of that, well, you'll find peace. Mm-hmm. And you'll find your, your load will be lightened because he'll take it from there. Mm. But then there are people that are separated uh, from intimacy with Christ because of a practice of sin. It's not a matter of a stumbling in sin because we all stumble in sin. At best, we will sin less, but we'll never be sin-free. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as we grow closer to Christ in our consecration of, of our relationship with him, which basically is helping us to grow in Christ's likeness, we mm-hmm. will sin less, never be sin-free. But there is something that some people confuse and think that a holy God would uh, permit in our life a practice, an ongoing habitual practice of a sin, and it not create a hindrance in our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. 
it will create a hindrance in the relationship with it. Here's how that works. One, if, if I am a, a, a child of God, if I am a Christian, the scriptures say that, that I am a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells within me. So the Spirit of God dwells within a believer. And when the Holy Spirit, holy, emphasize holy, Holy Spirit lives within us and we embrace a practice of sin in our life, the habitual practice of sin, then he is gonna make our life miserable. Hmm. He is gonna make our life very uncomfortable. It's gonna hinder our relationship. It's not, life is just not gonna be right for us. And until we come to grips with the hindrance, which is the practice of that sin, then we're always gonna be agitated by him. He is gonna be goading us, he's gonna be disciplining us until we understand that it's offensive to him because he's within us. Hmm. That's the good news, that if you practice in sin and you call yourself a Christian and you don't have that remorse, you don't have that conviction that something's wrong, then the bad news is he's probably not there. Mm -hmm. And if he's not there, then you, you don't need to fool yourself because your eternal life is hinging on that. Mm. Now I'm assuming most of those guys that were there were believers, although we did find some that were not. Mm -hmm. And so we, 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 we gave a, an opportunity to, to kind of re-explain uh, what it means to have Christ in your life, uh, just our, our earthy way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we had a, a gentleman that, that said, I, I, I'm receiving him today for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he made a public profession. He was baptized. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when he walked the, that bridge, I was walking with him arm in arm, and it was his. It was the bridge of salvation for him. Wow. But we had a lot that it was. Uh, there was uh, some changes of life. Uh, some of these guys had been growing to the point that God was calling them into some deeper service, and they were consecrating their life to Him. They were saying, "I'm all in, Lord." And we had a bunch of guys say, "I'm all in." Well, I, you know, I was just thinking about this. We we had. We wanted most of our leaders to be there first and foremost, right? I mean, anytime yeah. we do a national summit, but but because we had margin, we allowed it to be whoever guys from a region wanted to invite. So mm -hmm. so we had them all over the board from. But ninety percent of them were guys who had gone through the journey, were they not? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, either yeah, not necessarily all guides, but guys yeah, who've yeah. been through the journey. Right. But but uh, when you were crafting your message, you felt like. There, it doesn't matter. There could be a mature Christian who's got a habitual sin still, right? I mean, oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, and we hide them. We think we hide them. Yeah. But uh, what, but what we don't understand is that, golly, I mean, look, let's just think about a, a person who has an illness in his life, uh, a cancer, uh, and you know he has a reference point that how he used to feel when he was very healthy. And now he's looking at his life, and I don't feel good about anything. I don't look at life right. I don't feel right. Uh, I don't sleep right. Uh, there's something going on in me. Now, we could identify uh, with a scan or some kind of test that we have a, a foreign body in us called a cancer, but you can't do that with a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. And so you have to compare your life with the life of Christ, the life of, of the, 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 the scriptures that point out sin that we've embraced in our life. And when we do that, then we can identify, there, there's my problem. Hmm. That's what's going on in me. And it can be remedied. That's, that's the great thing about it. And, you know, I, I spoke a lot about what true repentance looks like. 
Because, you know, Brian, I think that uh, if you have somebody who, who takes the provision that we have in 1 John 1, 9 that says we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a provision for restoration right there. Sin, but we can be restored to that unity with the Holy Spirit where there's intimacy. And the great thing about it, he remembers our sins no more. But the problem is not him remembering our sins. We continue to remember our sins. Mm-hmm. And the accuser continues to remind us of those sins. And that's why, why you'll find a lot of believers, uh, men especially, that continue to beat up themselves. Mm-hmm. Even though they've repented, even though their life has been changed, even though they're, they're living a different life, they still beat themselves up over past mistakes. And so that's, a, that's one of those burdens that separates us from the things that God wants to give us. So one of the things that I try to help them see is that if that's going on in your life, there's one of the several things that's going on in your life, is that one is that you uh, have prayed to ask forgiveness, but you don't trust that he's given you forgiveness. So you've got to deal with that right there. Uh, two is that if you uh, have asked for forgiveness, but you still continue to go on, with this, the question is, do you, have you truly repented? Because repented means broken-hearted uh, despair, actually, for what I've done. Mm-hmm. Ashamed of myself, ashamed before the Lord. It is to be, to turn about face from going from where I was. It's not just about being sorry. It's about being broken-hearted and regretting. Mm-hmm. And when we get to that depth of repentance, then there is a greater depth of understanding the grace of God that shed over us saying, forgiven, son, mm-hmm. forgiven. And I don't even remember what you want. I don't, know, I don't want to talk about it anymore because I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And so the next thing is that if it continues on and we can't if continue to beat ourselves up, we don't understand the capacity of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Because the capacity of God's grace is to love and forgive beyond anything we can know in this world. Mm. It's only God. Only God can do it. Uh, But sometimes we even know that. And we even get to the point sometimes that we will even start giving God's grace away. Because when he says forgive because you've been forgiven, then we start saying, hey, it's attached to that. I've got to forgive like he forgives. But you know who the last one is to be forgiven? Ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We're the last one in line to be forgiven and the last one in line to be willing to give grace to. Yeah. And that's one of the things I pointed out is I think that God is telling me that his grace is so magnificent uh, that he wants us to pass it along to others beginning with ourselves. Mm. And through that whole process, I was able to try to prepare them for the next stages of the conference. And maybe you'll take it from there. Well, I mean, I think, I think we're just kind of starting off with guns blazing. Like, if we're not going to get real, then there's no point in even going any further. You know, if you're not going to get real about why you're here and what God's doing in your life, you know. And I, for some, it wasn't probably a sin. For some, I think it might have been a, a sanctification. You know, he's trying to take them deeper. And they've been afraid. They've been afraid to go all in, you know, for some reason. Yeah. And I hope this weekend 
really spark some some decisions that guys will 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 make good on when they get back. You know, right now they're probably wrestling with it. Yeah. Right now, you know, so uh, so I think just hearing stories that I've heard throughout the weekend, I think God did really do a work on a lot of people's hearts, and we may not know all the different things until years later, maybe or maybe never until we get to heaven. But but I, I do think. Uh, we're not an event ministry, but I think a, a significant event can be a turning point in a, in a walk, you mm-hmm. know. And so I think I saw a lot of major things happen, epiphanies going on. So uh, I like so, to use the word consecration because I think it, there's a, a point in time when we, we basically say, Lord, I'm all in. Yeah. And, and I think that, that we can look back and say it was then. Yeah. I know I can look back in 1994 and I can know when I consecrated, that's when yeah. I said I'm all in. Yeah. And I was privately with him on, on my little porch when I was praying to him. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to share in the, in the coming weeks, I'm going to share some of the talks. That we, do, we only had a handful of talks. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a bunch of talks. But uh, John Van Linden did a great talk on uh, God's Word and yeah. and his spirit. And now, then, keep in mind what we're doing now, it's if the backpack was empty with what I yeah. – now everything else was filling the backpack. If you're going to go on this vertical journey, you got to fill your backpack with God. You got to be in God's word. It's your it's your map. You nutrition. Know? Yeah, and your nutrition as well. Yeah. That's right. It's a lot of things, and the Holy Spirit's your guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nate Sweeney kind of talked about the Holy Spirit and abiding, but on how the journey gets difficult, you know, and how how you maneuver that. Yeah, I I, I thought it was really neat when he says, you know, that we tighten our grip by releasing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's it's a sur- it's a surrendering, uh-huh. a trusting. But but when times get tough, what do we do? We want to grip tighten down, up and yeah. grip down and get you know we're afraid you know to let go. Right. We got to let go, you know. So, uh, and then uh, Jay and Frank uh, did a good close on kind of when you get there, the importance of community, you know, and, and how you got we got to help each other get there. And, and, and it was a good talk for as they go back home. Yeah. And the importance of if guys live in an existing influencers region, they need to be going to everything that they can to stay connected to those guys, not just their journey group, but if they're doing regional events or whatever. And for those who aren't in a region, they need to be, be sure they've got guys that are lifelines for them, you know. You know, all those were wonderful. Every one of them were really good. But I have to tell you, one of the highlights for me, was when I was able to interview Pete and Sam. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that when you were talking about Sam earlier. That was that was amazing. Yeah, and you know, set the stage. Basically, just three of us on the stage, and and I'm interviewing these guys who've been co-laboring together for 20 years and who've been in ministry now for gosh, most of their life, and uh, full-time ministry. And uh, the uh, just here here they are in their 70s and 74 Pete is and and then stage four cancer uh, and both of them lost their wives in the last two years and yet they're still serving mm-hmm. well the good news is we did record that session yes and did. so we will be sharing that one with with the guys and we may if it works out we might be able to share some of the praise music that happened over the weekend oh, yeah. too because there were some great moments yeah. with all that as well. So I have to tell you, you know, I, I get bubbly sometimes when I'm talking about certain things. And when I say bubbly, I'm talking about emotional. Uh-huh. And uh, that, uh, and I was looking at those two guys there. Yeah. And uh, I got a little emotional yeah. realizing what I was looking at. And so I have to explain myself before anybody, you know, listens to it. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, overall, that conference was just, I mean, 
here's the thing about it. There was more behind the scenes than a lot of people don't know. Like, for instance, uh, Eric Pate yeah. organized the prayer uh, vigil that we had on it and the, and the people that were praying for all those men, writing them letters. Tell them about that. Yeah, they, uh, every, uh, we recruited a bunch of intercessors, and they were men and women and just different people who, who loved to all pray for All over the country? Yeah, all over the country. Um, and we sent each intercessor five names of people that were registered, and they were praying for them by name every day. And then they were also asking the Lord, do you have a word for this person? And then they wrote them all individual letters uh, based on what the Lord was telling them to mm-hmm. say to encourage the person. And, and it was tied to Scripture and all that, but uh, that was amazing. We'd never done that before. And we'll never do it without it. Anymore. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, and there I mean, was it, lots of prayer. Every guy got a name when they got there, and they were encouraged to, to look for that guy at the conference and be praying for him that yeah. weekend. Um, of course, the group leaders were had their names in advance, and they were praying over those names over and over and over yeah. again. So, and, and not only we went to the grounds in January and prayed over the grounds, you know, and, and the prayer guys were there early praying too. Les Pierce and his guys got there a day early. They were praying over every cabin yeah. and every every bunk, you know. So there was a lot of prayer that happened. So, uh, and their spiritual gifts that were actually being used quite well, and this is one of the things that I've always felt that God pr- provides tremendous uh, labor force uh, if we will help a person discover their spiritual gift and, and enable those gifts by the fruit of the Spirit, which comes from abiding. Mm-hmm. And I saw very gifted men that were serving there like amazing, which would start at the top with you because the organization of this retreat was masterful. It had to be inspired by the master yeah. through your life, but I congratulate you on that. Thank I know you. that it's, it, you were one of those that was quite empty after it was all mm-hmm. over, but oh, then yeah. you had your, your captains and lieutenants and Oh, yeah. that were working with you in all of those areas, everything from, you know, I mean, and we have some of the ladies that serve too, They like Emily. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. she was an amazing woman, Emily Pruitt, in, in doing the other uh, the name tags and a lot of the things oh, there. Yeah. All the graphics and yeah. all of it, it all came off really well. And, and we had so many women that were committed to prayer mm-hmm. and were on that team, uh, which is typical. Yeah, that's one one of the great things they do quite well. Yeah, and uh, and then just the organization, the logistics, uh, the Gabe team that you had that were serving people. Mm-hmm. And um, I told them that we're going to have to have a Peter team for me next time. They're going to have to lower me down to carry you around. Yeah, I can't go <laughs> up those stairs anymore. That's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so why do you think we have this conference? What's your opinion on that? Well, again, uh, we're doing it every two week, every two years, right. and uh, and we're growing so much that I don't know how much longer we can do a national conference, especially there because it's it'll hold three hundred twenty people, I guess three hundred about the max yeah, you want right, there. Yeah, right, right. And we've got seven regions, and that's increasing, and uh, and so we just don't know what the future is on that. I mm-hmm. mean. Uh, to answer your question, why we gather is just an amazing opportunity to cross-pollinate our, the ideas and, and then just love what, what is in common, and that is our love for Jesus, his love for us. And when we come together, there's an excitement and there's a, a nurturing and there's a stimulation. I mean, I mean, we're coming from all over the place. I mean, when you have these guys that are coming in and, and sharing a point of view and seeing the enthusiasm and, and knowing 
we're hearing the same thing from somebody in Maine that we are in San Diego, down to Houston, to Malaysia, to Costa Rica, mm -hmm. and all points in between. We're hearing the same thing, and that is they're, they're, they're finally figuring out Jesus loves them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and we, weren't, we weren't promoting our ministry no. or journey groups, but yet if you'd never been in the journey, guys were going, how do I get in one of these groups? And guys who had been in are going, I really do need to guide. I need to. There's so many men who need this. I need to go help them. Help them get there. I don't know how we would not be able to have some kind of national gathering. I just the logistics of it's kind of outgrowing me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we just don't know. No, we just have to have uh, these guys tell us, uh, you know, what they desire and, and what they're willing to do. And there are women now that are they're they're that are assimilating now uh, mm -hmm. that are in this ministry that have their own women's ministry using the same material that we have. And we can watch them now start to, to grow together and uh, ask those same questions. And, uh, and we hadn't got it figured out. This mm -hmm. ministry has never figured out our next step. We're just always trying to say, okay, we're in, Lord, whatever it is. What's the question? The answer is yes. And then we, we try to allow him to bring us people with uh, wisdom and creativity and to uh, always praying for leaders to be a part of this ministry to help us see what he wants us to do. Uh, our mission is to hold true to the DNA but be willing to flex the form in whatever region or country or you know we go in the world because mm -hmm. every culture demands a different methodology of communicating but if we keep the heart and the DNA about it being about Jesus about proximity with Jesus and yeah using the journey because we're going to have more and more translation projects out there to do that we even had one today saying that they wanted to to translate the the journey into where was it uh, it's Indonesia. in Cambodia Cambodia yeah. yeah I mean it's it's always coming at us that way and we yeah. and we, we got to figure that out yeah. Or at least we got to listen to the Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, when we did the last one, we, we, we loved it. It was very successful. We thought, we just can't keep doing this all the time. And so we, we said we weren't going to do, we're just going to let the regions do one. And we wouldn't do a national gathering. And then God changed our minds. So yeah. uh, he, you know, we, right now, the plan is tentatively, in a couple of years, we'll do this again. But we'll see what God has up his sleeve. So. And that's, that's just the way we fly here. Yeah. You know, we, we, that's the way we roll with, with the Lord and just trying to say we're, we're walking with him and we will, we will be responsive. And uh, so if he says go left, we'll go left, right, we'll go right. The main thing is we've got to be able to listen to him behind us, whisper in our ears. That's right. And if we can, if we can make sure that our intimacy with him is, is healthy and that we can hear him, then I'm confident that he will tell us what to do. And the, the path that we choose will always produce fruit. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if he's in the middle of it, that's if right. If it's come from that abiding relationship, it's going to bear fruit. Um, last question. I know we got to wrap up, but uh, for the guys who did go and had that mountaintop experience, would you have a word of, to those guys who are back home? And the, the, the glow is probably not totally worn off, but they're probably already back in the world of, of uh, business and families and all that stuff and stress and well did it, they and, and if they did they might not have learned what they needed to learn in that uh, time away because just because we are in a mountain with Jesus doesn't mean Jesus is not with us in the desert right and in the valleys mm -hmm. 
In fact, some of our greatest moments with him are in those places of dependence and even fearful times. And it's so important to, to look at it as, uh, as if we're walking with him wherever he takes us. And when we walk off that mountain and we go back home, then he is walking us back into that home and back into that job and back into a certain a set of circumstances. But if we did it right, we are now understanding that we're not walking alone, mm-hmm. that he's walking with us. And my encouragement to them is to use this as a, a stimulus for you to go deeper and, and, and be quieter before him and to listen more astutely, to enjoy him, and let him walk you through life. Let him show you how to deal with the relationships that you're dealing with that might be difficult, a job, or the challenges you're dealing with. He, he will help you. He will walk us through them yeah. if we'll trust him. We've got to entrust those things to him. We've got to walk with him daily. Spend time in the Word. Spend time journaling in the Word. Spend time in prayer. But don't leave him there. Then look at him and say, now let's go to work, Jesus. Yeah, and he'll so, go with us. So if nothing else, we hope they got a taste of, of that intimacy with the Father that's available every day. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't have to go to Soto to get that. You can have it every day in your living room or your, wherever your little place is with the Lord, you know, and all day long. Well, frankly, I couldn't wait to get back home so I could have that intimacy. Yeah. Because when I was there, it was highly stimulated with the men and the, all the things that are not normal for me. Yeah. And it was wonderful. It's fantastic. But I missed that time with him. Oh, yeah. I missed getting up with my cup of coffee and just being alone with him. Yeah. And when I, when I was able to have that, then he was able to restore me. Mm. And uh, I, that's where I want to operate. And that's really what this ministry is all about. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, thank you, Rocky. That just maybe a little taste for the guys uh, of what happened. 30 minutes goes by quick, doesn't it? I'm, I know they're going to look forward to hearing uh, these talks, though. They're yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah. Stay tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. In the coming weeks, we'll be sharing some of the things so you can kind of be part of it. If you were there, you'll get you'll enjoy recapping and, you know, reminiscing things that you heard. So. So anyway, so we'll be sharing that in the coming weeks. And uh, be sure and go to our website, www.influencers.org, where we have uh, other podcasts you, you might have missed that you can listen to. Also, uh, we have uh, blogs, and uh, I wrote a blog about Soto, and people are posting comments about that. You might be interested to see that. And uh, Greg Marchand, who was our photographer, is going to be sharing some photos from the weekend that you'll be able to see that we'll post on the website as well. So. Anyway, uh, we will uh, just keep pressing on and see where where God takes us. But there's a lot of excitement that uh, came out of this weekend and a lot of new journey groups are going to be started. So keep us in your prayers for sure. So anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and I'm Brian Craig. I've been your host today, and I'm going to keep encouraging you guys to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.